And just allow the Holy Spirit just to show you that. And then I want to just say these words. You know, when we sing, Worthy is the Lamb, this is what it means. There, there wasn't a being worthy enough to bring you into the place that God originally intended for you, but the Son of God Himself. That's why we say He's worthy. He was worthy because of our great worth. We had such a great worth that God had to come down Himself to redeem us, for nothing was worthy. We seem worthy because of a revelation of our own worth and then the worth He has to have restored us to the place where we can have union with it in the Trinity, having the God kind of life. Thank you, Father. I just want to thank you. As a congregation here, we thank you for what you've done for us. We thank you that you didn't come with a second-hand plan of saying, well, you know, um, let me see what I can do for man. But you, have a, you had a plan from the beginning to have us as the God kind, the, a, a, a people that you can come and fellowship with, a friend that is of your kind, your type. And you've restored that for us. Thank you, Lord, that we, can, we will never change that for slavery or servanthood or anything like that. But thank you, Lord, that we can stand today boldly before your throne of grace and have fellowship with the Almighty. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Today I'm going to preach on um, the Holy Spirit. You know, when it comes, and, and the importance of the Holy Spirit, and it will be difficult for me to do it in one Sunday, because there's a lot of information, and, and what, I'm, what I want to bring is a complete change of thought about the, the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, we, when it comes to Pentecostal churches and charismatic churches, we've, our, our claim to fame was the Holy Spirit. You know, we've, we've got the Holy Spirit. We are, we are open to the Spirit. We are open to the flow of the Spirit. Now, a lot of people was touched by it, and a lot of people got hurt by it. Because there was the gospel of grace was not applied to who the Holy Spirit is. And our concept of Spirit, um, through a lot of different moves all over the world, was He is a weirdo. He's a bit weird. You know, he doesn't, we, we don't know how he works. It's just a, some kind of a mystery. If you can know how the Father works, if you can know how the Son works, and these three are one, how can you don't know the Holy Spirit? You can know Him the way you know the Son. You can know Him the way you know the Father. Okay? Uh, and, and, and in this, the next weeks, I, I'm going to try my best to explain this. Um, like I said, it's, gonna, it's, it's a little bit of a shift of mind. Because how do you explain something that is spiritual in the physical? It is spiritual. And the moment I say spiritual, we don't even have any uh, point of reference. Because explain to me spiritual. You know, if, if you must stand in front of a group of people and you must explain spiritual, then you say, no, man, I'm talking about the spirit. No, that doesn't help me. You know, we need to know what a spirit means. And uh, it's very important that we do understand the, the Holy Spirit um, because the Bible clearly says in Galatians 3 verse 13 and Ephesians 1 verse 3 that He is the promise of the Father. So what was promised, what, what was actually promised to Abraham, okay, the promise, the biggest promise there is was the Holy Spirit. That we can receive the Holy Spirit. Because this Holy Spirit that we will receive is the one that will make us immortal. It's the one that will change the planet into a new place to live. It's, it's the life through which everything will manifest. It's the Holy Spirit. So God knew if I can give them of my Spirit, 
then the very core of who I am is now not just in Jesus the human, but in every human that receives it. <laughs> Amen. Okay, so we want to understand this. And, 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 and you know, we've, we've had so many difficult things on receiving the Holy Spirit. How do I receive the Holy Spirit? And we would go and stand and wait for the Holy Spirit. You know, so um, I think we're going to, once we get a, get a hold of this, you're going to realize how easy it is to be in the Spirit. How wonderful it is to flow in the Spirit. Doubt will leave you when it comes to the area of praying for the sick or, um, you know, asking you know, like, like a building, we want a place to stay or to have a church. I mean, we can, when you ask and you ask in the Spirit, there's no way you can't get it. Amen. There is just no way. Amen. So, um, we, we're really going to touch on those things. So, number one, we've always been struggling with waiting for the Holy Spirit. We've waited for the Holy Spirit. The waiting for the Holy Spirit... Next Sunday, I can also touch on that. I'm just going to do it short here. Was not this for every human being. The waiting for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts was one event. And from there, you never wait again. The waiting is over. Okay. The moment you've believed in Jesus, you have received the Holy Spirit. And we've confused the receiving of the Holy Spirit with a manifestation of the gifts as the receiving of the Holy Spirit. If you believe in Christ, you have received the Holy Spirit. No one can call Jesus Lord but by the Spirit. Amen. Amen. So once you've believed in Jesus, you have already received the Holy Spirit. You've already received the, the, the life of God. And then that life manifests in different forms. Amen. And then many times we think, well, you know, this person received the Holy Spirit when he prayed in tongues or because he prays in tongues. No. In the book of Acts, when they received the Holy Spirit, the Bible says they prophesied. And if you go and study the word prophecy, the word prophecy means many things. One of the meanings of prophecy is to predict the future. Another meaning for the word prophecy means to rhyme. Like to write a poem, to rhyme. Uh, one of the be best understandings of prophecy is the following. In the New Testament, in the Old Testament prophets prophesied towards Christ. Okay? The New Testament prophets has got the ability to interpret the Old Testament prophet and reveal Christ. Come on, amen. <laughs> okay. So, here when they received the Holy Spirit... They prophesied. What happened? They believed in Jesus. When they believed in Jesus, they said, Oh yeah, now Isaiah makes sense. That's prophecy. Oh, now I understand what Ezekiel meant when he said, I'll give you a new heart and I'll put a new spirit in you. This is what it means. Oh, I see now Moses was the one that led them out and he was a type of Christ. All of a sudden the things start to make sense because of the Holy Spirit. And the guy that can prophesy and understand the Old Testament Scriptures in the light of the New think he doesn't have the Holy Spirit because he doesn't pray in tongues and roll on the ground. I don't say you cannot fall over under the power of God, my goodness. You know, when Jesus, when they wanted to take, arrest Him, then they said, we want Jesus. Then He says, it is I. And then these soldiers went backwards and fell on the ground. Now that's not a normal way, uh, that's not what you normally do when you arrest people. You know, when you arrest people, you just quickly fall down and then jump up and arrest the guy. You know, they fell down under the, when he said, it, it is me, I am he. When he said, I am, there was a release of power there. You know, so I don't, I'm not against those things. Please hear what I'm saying. I, I, the reason why I preach this is so that we can experience more of the manifestation of the Holy Spirit and see how easy it is to live in the victor a victorious life when it comes to the Spirit of God. So we've had the thing of waiting for the Spirit. We also had um, the thing of some have Him, some doesn't have Him as believers. And we also sat with this, with this thing, and, and this is where a doctrine was born, 
where we try to get the Holy Spirit to come down. Okay, we're going to worship until the Spirit comes down. I'm going to explain some of those things and I'm going to explain why it does work in certain instances as well. Right, I want to read this, Galatians 3 verse 13. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Christ. Semicolon, explaining what the blessing of Abraham is. That they might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Isn't that awesome? So the blessing of Abraham is righteousness. It is the Holy Spirit. So he said, Jesus Christ went and hanged upon a cross so that the Gentiles, and actually all people, if you read the context of the whole thing, he was just talking about Gentiles and specifically here, but that people could receive the promise that was made to Abraham. What is this promise? The Holy Spirit. Amen. We thought the promise of, or the blessing of Abraham, or the, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us, which is the Spirit of God. We thought that the blessing of Abraham is a house and a car. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And the blessings of Deuteronomy 28. The blessings of Deuteronomy 28 is not the blessing of Abraham. The blessing promised to Abraham was, was that it, the, 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 the promise was made to him and to his seed. His seed is Jesus Christ. And this promise was, I will put my spirit upon you. And then when Jesus came, in, it showed the fulfillment of what God promised to Abram when Jesus came up and, 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 and he said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. And then he said, you will also receive this very same Holy Spirit. Okay, right. Now, before we can understand the Holy Spirit, and this is what I'm going to talk about today, is what is a spirit? What is a spirit? And I'm going to use style word definitions to explain this. Um, I've studied many, uh, in the week I went and I studied many different uh, definitions of spirit. Um, you know, different Greek lexicons and, and um, Hebrew stuff. And, but the best is Thayawa definitions here. Um, it's, there's four points in which he tries to explain what spirit is. Point one, he said, the Holy Spirit, or spirit, is the third person of the triune God, the Holy Spirit. Co-equal, co-eternal, with the Father and the Son. Okay, now listen, the Holy Spirit is co-equal, co-eternal, with the Father and the Son. I imagine you can have Him. <laughs> and you can live by Him. You will be co-equal and co-eternal with Him. For what did He promise us? Eternal life. Amen. Sometimes referred to in a way that emphasizes His personality and character. So this Spirit, this Holy Spirit... He's co-equal with the Father and the Son, and He's got a certain personality and a character. The Spirit, in other words, is the vital principle by which the body is animated. Now this is of utmost importance. The Spirit, in other words, is the vital principle by which the body is animated. A spirit, in other words, is a simple essence devoid of all matter and possesses the power of knowing, desiring, and deciding, and acting. So a spirit is something that does not possess any matter, but is got like a personality, okay? And it is a life principle by which your body can be animated or brought to life, okay? And I'm going to explain all these things now. Then it says in point four there, it is the influence which fills and governs the soul of anyone. So, so do you know what the meaning for the word grace is? It's influence. The word grace means influence. Now, a spirit is an influence upon the soul of anyone. Anyone's soul, soul means your mind, 
your will and your emotions is influenced by something. That which makes you think the way you think is the spirit from where you operate. That spirit is called a life principle or a vital principle. Let me explain it this way. Say we go to two schools in Durbanville area. Okay? Both schools are very good schools. But, um, and, and or let, let's go even further. Let's, yeah, let's, two schools. Both of them are very good schools. But the governing body of that school functions from different principles. The one school might have this principle. I went to a school where sport was not the number one thing in the school. You went to school to study. You can learn, brother, but you must learn. Because netball can you not in the work That's that was their principle. Okay, that's how they worked. Another school, there might be a school here that's got that principle that says, listen, the number one thing with us is our studies, academic. The other school might say, no, no, sport is number one. We're not going to say we're not going to study. We're going to do that, but sport is our main focus. The other one is the other way around. And that is the spirit by which that school functions. That's the best way to explain spirit. They function by a certain principle. So the principle of the one school is academics first. The other one is sport first. Both of them are good schools, both of them have got good results in both areas. But they function from a different platform, a different wisdom, a different way of thinking. And that is what Thayer tries to explain here on what a spirit is. A spirit is a vital principle from where you reason or think. It's a principle that influences your mind, your will, and your emotions. Okay, now, the, ho- the Holy Spirit, now th- think of this. The Holy Spirit is called the very Spirit of God. But the Holy Spirit, n- now, is also a person. So He's a principle, but He's also a person. And I'm going to explain that. I, I said this week, I said, Lord, he- I know He's a person, but He's a principle. Principle, not a principle of the school. I said, beginsel. Okay? A way of thinking. A, a, a certain reasoning. So how can a certain reasoning have a certain personality? And this is what came to my mind. If I start to reason, if I've got a certain reasoning, then I will say this reasoning is aggressive, or this reasoning is peaceful, this reasoning brings fear, or this reasoning is yeah, it's a fearful reasoning, or the other reasoning is a joyful reasoning. And that's how the personality is formed. This principle by which God functions, called the Holy Spirit, is so powerful that it is alive. It is alive. And whosoever gets in contact with that principle and believes in it, that principle will give birth to or will animate that person's life. Animate means to bring to life. Okay, so the Holy Spirit is the principle on which God functions. And when we get that principle into our life, we find that what manifests in God manifests in us. Amen. This principle was so powerful that God Himself, the Father, said that it will be the only principle from where I will function. I will be God on this principle. Now, when it comes to the Trinity, it's difficult to explain. But think of it this way. The Father cannot be the Father without the Holy Spirit. The Father without the Holy Spirit would be as dead as what we would be without the Spirit. Without the Spirit. He is the Spirit of God. He is the only one that really knows God. That's what the Bible says. No one knows the deep things of God but the Spirit of God. But now the Spirit of God is given unto us. That's why the Bible says you have the Holy Spirit and you need no one to teach you. Now what is this Holy Spirit? 
<laughs> you know, we, we've been so, made it so high and so difficult. And what is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is simply the life principle that gives God life. That makes God, that which makes God who He is, is the Spirit of God manifesting in the Father as a Father. He manifests in the Son as a Son. And all the good things that God does is by His Spirit. Now, the Bible says, let me see if I wrote it down here um, in... Romans 6 verse 4 and Romans 11 verse 8. This is what the Bible says. The Bible says that Jesus Christ was raised by the glory of God from the dead. In Romans 11 it says Jesus Christ was raised by the Holy Spirit. So Jesus was raised by the glory of God. But Jesus was also raised by the Spirit of God. Making the Spirit of God the very glory of God. Now, what is the glory of God? The word glory, according to thigh word definitions, means the following. Now, you will see I use a lot of definitions because words has lost its meaning. Words has lost its meaning. I mean, now you look in the street and say over me, Hey, my brigade! What's a type of brigade? I don't know. I don't know. So words lose their meaning. That's why I like to go to, uh, especially like uh, definitions. Webster's finds its definition. It defines words, Bible words. That's where Webster's finds definition. So the best English dictionary to study when you want to study uh, the English Bible English is Webster. Because he used the Bible English to explain the word. You can find another English dictionary. They will, not, they will not have the same meaning. But Webster always refers to the Bible. Scriptures in the Bible. You know, pointing to the Bible. So that we can know what the word means. Because if I say to you, man, Jesus was raised by the glory of God. You know that the, the, the people in Toronto will think the gold dust that fell from the sky. Okay? The people... Uh, in the in the the healing uh, uh, time, we see signs, wonders, miracles. We will think that, that he was raised by the signs, wonders thing. Um, other people will, that exper- will experience the glory of God as an emotion. So when I say, when the Bible says Jesus was raised by the glory of God, <laughs> what does it mean? It means a different thing to every person. So we've got to go down back to the definition. And that definition must always be in line with the finished work of Jesus Christ. Otherwise we we don't have a a, a constant reasoning. So the word glory, what does the word glory mean? The word glory, according to Thyroid definitions, means it's a view or an opinion. The glory of... uh, Listen, what's this guy that won the swimming now? Chad. 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 Cameron, Chad, whatever, just both South Africans. But they, Chad, he won, the, he won. Okay, what is his glory? Swimming. Isn't it? The glory about him is the view and the opinion that people have about him. He is this awesome swimmer. So what is his glory? His glory is the fact that he can swim very well. What's my glory? I'm a preacher. I can preach the gospel well. Amen. If you don't believe, it's okay. As long as my wife and I believe it, it's good. I can preach the gospel well. That's my glory. You are maybe very good at whatever. So the glory about you will be you're a kind person. You're a loving person. That is your glory. That's the view and opinion that people have about you when they really know you. So the glory of God would be the view and opinion you would have about God if you really knew who He was. It will form a glorious idea about Him. Jesus was raised by the glory of God. Which is the Spirit of God. So, what, when Jesus was raised from the dead, He was raised by the Holy Spirit's power. Which was what? Which was the view and the opinion Jesus had of His Father. 
So when he was in the grave, when he was in Hades, when he had to be raised from the dead, what raised him was his view of the Father. <laughs> Which is the very Spirit of God. So the Spirit of God is the glory of God. Now let's quickly go to... Um, Exodus 34. We talked a little bit about the glory of God, yeah. <laughs> I'm enjoying the service. Me too. We were thinking that we need the Spirit to come on us in some way. You know, in the book of Acts 19, I just, I want to read it up, I forgot the names of the people, but uh, they came to this preacher and said to him, people were preaching the gospel. I think it was, um, oh, I forgot the name of this preacher. But they were preaching the gospel. And then Paul or somebody came to him and said, listen, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Then they said, we haven't even heard that there is a thing like a Holy Spirit. Now why did he ask the question? Listen, why would he ask, have you received the Holy Spirit? We as Pentecostals or Charismatics, we've got this idea. Listen, the first thing you do is you get saved. Okay, then now, you're going to receive the Holy Spirit later. You're going to now receive the Holy Spirit. And I always use that verse. But what I believe was, Paul was actually seeing that these people aren't born again. That's why I said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Then they said, no. The first thing you ask is, now what do you believe? He says, with what baptism were you baptized? Because the Jews believed that when you were baptized, like with... Then they said, well, he said, I've, I've been baptized with the baptism of John. Then he says, let me preach the gospel to you. Then he preached the gospel of Jesus to them. They believed and said, I believe this now. And all of a sudden they could understand all the scriptures and explain it. Because those people were preaching law. They were preaching the, the, the doctrine of John because they were baptized with John. They were saying, this, was, this is what they preached and they were passionate about it. They took the scriptures and they all, in the scriptures, pointed, like John, that there will be a Messiah that will come one day. But he's already come. But they didn't know it. So then he said, have you received the Holy Spirit? Because it seems to me you don't understand the things the way you're supposed to understand it. Since you believed. No, we have not heard of the Holy Spirit. Oh, well... Let me, t t let me preach the Holy Spirit to you. Let me preach God's principle to you. The, which is the glory of God. The view and opinion we can now form about God based on what Christ has done. What is this view and opinion? This view and opinion is all sin has been removed. God, there's no difference between Jew and Greek anymore. They were obviously just preaching to the Jews. Because they were, they were baptized with the baptism of John. John preached to the Jews, not the Gentiles. And then he said to them, listen man, let me explain to you the spirit in which God operates now on this earth. And this is the, the spirit. It's not the spirit of division, it's the spirit of unity. God has taken away the sin of the whole world. He's reconciled all of mankind unto Him in Christ. He has already come. He died, took away all our sin. He is seated as a human being at the right hand of the Father. And then when they believe that then they received that principle which is the Holy Spirit which is a person okay it came into into them and all of a sudden they understood so much more about the scriptures and about everything and when they went about they could go in the Spirit of God and in the Spirit of God it says he took away this he took away that he took away guilt and then they could Preach in the Spirit and be in the Spirit. Hallelujah. So being in the Spirit is simply believing in Jesus. Being in the Spirit. That's how easy it is. Because when we understand, and now I do believe we can have a seminar and people can explain to us uh, more about, you know, let's look at this verse and we apply the gospel to that verse and we see the Spirit of God in that verse and we see we can heal the sick, we see we can ask for something, we see we can do this, we can whatever, because we are in that spirit of no separation anymore. And when I'm in that life principle, I find who God is manifests in me. Yes, sir. 
in power. Exodus 34. Now people would... I haven't read a book to preach this, so go and check it out for yourself. You know, this is what I feel... um, when I got into grace, I must be honest, I, I walked in great power, always praying for the sick, seeing everything. But when it came to the Holy Spirit, my understanding of the Holy Spirit w- couldn't be the same anymore. I wanted something that was not mystical. I didn't want mysticism. I want something that makes sense. Now this starts to make sense to me. It makes sense. And, and if we take it to a norm, normal thing, you know, um, let's, let's take football or rugby. When you get into the principle, or politics is a very good example. If you get into, say you, say you take the ANC or the DA's principle by which they reason, the moment you start to believe in that, you've received the spirit of the DA or the spirit of the ANC. That spirit's in you. That spirit will animate your life. It will animate your body to live as that spirit believes and is. You will start to see things the way... Let me put it this way. Say you take, say, the DA party and you believe what they believe. You don't have to go into all the little things to see what they say about this and what they say about that. The moment you believe in the basic principle that they believe in, you'll find your reasoning in certain areas will immediately be the same. Because you think from that perspective. Same with any political party. I'm just using a political party here to explain spirit. So God has got a certain way of thinking. God's way of thinking is this. One of the things, and, and next time we can talk more about this, is that you find life from understanding. You understand something, and from there your life is born. That's why God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit need to know each other, understand each other, and when they know and understand each other, the one is formed in the other one. And we've been called into that trinity, because the spirit that we have is called the spirit of understanding. I need to understand who the Father is, and He needs to understand who I am, so that who I am can be formed in Him, and who He is can be formed in me. Oh, but God will never want man to be formed in Him. No, that's a lie. That's the biggest lie you can ever find. God believed so much in man and understood man so much that He became a man. And man was brought into the Godhead. (laughs) Hallelujah! That's the good news. So, when we talk about spirit, in Exodus 34, let's look at some of the, 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 the things, the views and opinion we can have of God. It says here... Um, 37, let me find the right verse. 34, 7, 6. <clears throat> this was, uh, remember, Moses came in chapter 33 and he said, he said, God, show me your glory. Show me your glory. Now this is the stuff that raised Jesus from the dead. This was what I believe was in the mind of Christ. After he even died. And this was what raised him from the dead. Amen. This is the very thing that will raise you from the dead, should you have died, you know, and Christ returns. What will raise us? This view, this belief, this spirit that we are in possesses so much power that will raise you from the dead. Even if you died in the Titanic. You'll be raised into a new kind of life. Immortal human flesh. It's got the ability to create. You know, if you look at the the spirit of the ANC, for instance, if you believe in it, what will it do in your life? It possesses a power. It possesses a power to convince others. It possesses a power to get followers. It possesses a power to build things, buy things, do things. It can create. It can bring forth. How much more? The very Spirit of God. When the view and opinion or the basic principle, the life principle that will animate God is believed on, how much more will it not bring forth who God is in our life? Free from effort by the Holy Spirit. He says, look at, look at the, who are you, O mount, big mountain before Zerubbabel? Okay? 
This mountain shall be made a plain. And you will, the city will be rebuilt. And you'll take the cornerstone and shout, Grace, grace unto it. Grace, influence, influence. Okay, unto it. For it is not by power, nor by might, but by my influence. Spirit. The word spirit means influence. The word grace means influence. So the Spirit of God is how He influences you with the concept of the gospel. The concept of man's unity with the Father in Christ. (laughs) Hallelujah. And you are seeking the Holy Spirit. Oh God, I hope you give me power one day to do something. No. Oh well, the Holy Spirit's only for that church. Many believers, you know, this church believes, this church believes, this church believes. They all believe the same thing. They all have the same Holy Spirit, and then they fight about who's got the Spirit and who doesn't have the Spirit. That's it. Years ago they were saying those things. I mean, we had such a wrong concept of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is your very breath. You know, when you believe something, when you believe the gospel, you are saturated, baptized, fully immersed into the Spirit. And we were waiting for some kind of a baptism. Listen, if you baptized with... Uh, and, this, and I think this is where it comes in. Some people will grab a bit of the grace, you know, and a bit of the law. Yeah. They're not baptized. Your foot is not. Hmm? <laughs> Baptized means to be fully immersed. So when I'm fully immersed in this concept of the gospel, I'm fully immersed in the Spirit, baptized with the Holy Spirit. Baptized with fire. What is the fire? It's the glory of God. He says He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Okay? You will have this basic principle of Christ. You'll be completely immersed in and your mind will be completely flooded with the glory of God or the fire of God. Remember the teaching I taught on the Urim and the Thummim? Urim means fire. Thummim means innocence. Okay? That was in the breastplate, which was called the, the, the judgment plate or the plate of righteousness. So what happens? He will clothe you. By what Christ has done, you'll be fully immersed in the concept and the belief that you are uh, um, fully innocent. The olive and the tav, the beginning and the end. When that spirit of innocence comes upon you, you find it gives birth to God's quality of life in you. Here Moses comes, he's in the cloud, he sees all the fire. Hmm? He says, oh God, I see your fire. I see your glory. Listen to this. He's in the cloud. He's in the fire. He says, oh God, show me your glory. We want the glory cloud. Okay? But Moses stands in the cloud for 35 days. And then he says, God, I'm in this cloud all the time. I see the fire. I see everything. But could you please show me your glory? (laughs) Because he realized that is not the glory of God. And then he said, Then God said, okay, I will let all my goodness pass before you. So, when the Bible says, when you ask the Father for the Holy Spirit, He's not going to give you a snake. Okay? When you ask God something, what you ask, He's going to give. So here He comes and says, God, show me your glory. Then He said, okay, tomorrow I will appear and I will let all my goodness pass before you and I will explain my goodness to you. So the goodness of God is the very glory of God. Jesus was raised by the very goodness of God that Jesus believed upon. So, do you understand now why it's impossible to receive the Holy Spirit without faith? Because a a, a concept cannot take place in your heart unless you believed in it. Can the ANC come and live in you outside of you believing in them? No. They can live in you in a positive or negative way. All of it is because you believe in them. You believe Malema now alweer iets gesee, joh. Now you believe it, and because you believe it, it, that spirit forms, animates its life in your body. 
So when we have the Holy Spirit, holy means to be set apart. Not a normal spirit. Not a spirit as the world. I'm going to read 1 John 4. It says this. It says, don't believe every spirit. Then it talks about doctrine. Doctrine. Don't believe every spirit. Because doctrine is spiritual. Doctrine has got a personality. Doctrine has got a life. And that life will manifest in you. If you preach the doctrine of works righteousness, it has got a certain form of life. This is the form of life. Your mind says it can work. But depression and negativity and all those kind of things rests upon your heart. Deadly. There's a certain personality. The personality about the doctrine that Satan has, which is, I don't want to be one with God, I can do by myself. You know what personality comes with it? Pride. Just saying that, says pride. Where the spirit that God operates in is, I can only be who I am once I'm one with someone else. I need, I want someone else. I want to share. This life of mine is so abundant. I want to give it to someone else. I believe three is one. You know, I, I want to partake of you and you partake of me completely. Can you see how the word humble comes in there? Can you see kindness there? Yeah, it's all there. So, and, and, and this is what I said. I want you to think I'm saying the Holy Spirit is not a person. He's a person, he's got a personality. Because this concept brings so much life that the only way you can see it is in a personal form. Okay? This spirit, the Bible says Jesus is the truth, the Bible says the Holy Spirit is the truth. Go and read it. That's how close it is to each other. Because Jesus lived from the Holy Spirit. So this principle of God's goodness will teach you you have the Holy Spirit. You've got the teaching that God is good. And now, if you believe that, you need nobody to teach you anymore. So when it comes to, say, finances again, you don't need somebody to teach you. You know, my God's good. He's going to give to me. Amen. When it comes to giving, you don't need anybody to teach to you. you are, God is good. Okay? And I am born from Him. So what does it mean? I'm good. So I give because I'm good. Simple. Do you see how simple the gospel is? Just one concept, one spirit. When you are in a certain spirit, that spirit will live in you. This is the spirit of God. He says, I want to explain my glory to you. I make it pass by before you. I am the Lord, the Lord God. Merciful, gracious, so he says, the very spirit from where God lives is based on this. I will never deal with somebody according to what he does. I can only deal from who I am. That's one of the ways God functions. The spirit God functions in is the spirit of, I can never relate to you on the basis of what you do. The Spirit of God, say God would enter the room in the human form here. You will find the Spirit that surrounds Him. An atmosphere will be here of, this guy does not look at what I do. But he, and he doesn't form his life based on what I do, but his life is formed, he lives true to himself. Who he is is what manifests. Who I am doesn't influence him. He is good and he manifests it towards the good and the bad. That's just who he is. Okay? The glory of God raised Christ from the dead. Moses said, show me your glory. He says, I will show you all my goodness. And here he's showing the goodness. He says, I am the Lord God. Merciful. Gracious. He's got a spirit of grace. He, grace means influence. So the Holy Spirit, God functions on these principles that I am not basing who I am on what you do. I function on this principle that who I am, I function on the principle of influence. I can influence and I can be influenced, you know, by someone else's goodness that's in line with me. God cannot be influenced with bad. The Bible clearly says it. Cannot be tempted with evil. Okay, so what is good can be influential to Him. Isn't that awesome? That's 
kind of the things that he, that he functioned in, keeping mercy for, the, for thousands, forgiving iniquity, transgression and sin. This is the glory of God explained in the area of sin. This glory raised Christ from the dead. It's called the very Spirit of God. The Spirit in which God operates is the Spirit of mercy. The Spirit of grace. The Spirit of long-suffering, kindness, meekness, temperance. Christ was raised from the dead by that revelation which came alive in Him. You know, if I say to you, mercy... Mercy cannot live unless you believe in it. How does it live in somebody unless you believe in it? It's impossible. It just exists as a concept. It's not, doesn't ex- we don't say it doesn't exist. It's like the Holy Spirit. He exists. But He cannot have any influence unless somebody believes in it. So He comes and He manifests Himself in In the body of Jesus, Jesus received the Holy Spirit, He manifests Himself in human flesh, shows Himself forth, so that people can believe in Him, so that this life principle can enter people's lives, and He can be born into your life. And there's different manifestations once you believe in it. Once of it you can pray in other tongues. One of it is you can put your hand on the sick and they can be healed. By what? By this principle of what? Of what Christ has done. Amen. So, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is so deeply interwoven into who the Father and the Son is. And this is the way I want to say it. The Father and the Son is one in the Holy Spirit. The only way we can be one with God is if we have the very same Spirit as He has. That's how. That's why I believe it's so important to preach the true doctrine. Jesus said, My words are Spirit. Doesn't He say that? My words are Spirit. So how do you receive the Spirit? You receive the Gospel. When you receive the gospel, you receive the Spirit. The problem why I believe people received the Holy Spirit many times in a different way was this. They didn't receive the real gospel. They didn't believe that they have, they were taught there's something wrong with you, something missing. And you now need to work yourself up in some way to get something else from God. Where I do believe that we all have, when you, once you believe in Christ, you have received the Holy Spirit. Maybe tongues is in there, maybe all the ability of God is in there, and I can come and explain to you something more about what you already have, and you can use that. I believe that can manifest when you believe in it. I didn't see signs and wonders and miracles in my life until I read in the Bible that Jesus said to His disciples, go and heal the sick. Then I said, well, I'm a disciple of the Lord. I accept, I, I, I took His word, well, I can go and heal the sick then. So what did I do? I received the Spirit of God to heal. What is the Spirit of God to heal? The doctrine. The Word. I received it. What happened? It animated my life in the area of healing. And I went to the lady that worked in her house, the servant girl. I said, get all the sick friends you have. She brought them there. There was a girl, I'll never forget, this was the first miracle that ever happened that I prayed for somebody. So the spot are seer gaar. I don't know what it's in English. What's it in English? Ulcer kind of a thing. Yeah. It's a venous ulcer. A man. It's like a massive thing. The thing doesn't heal easily. You're not going to put some methylite on it and it's going to be okay tomorrow. It's a bad thing. It takes very long to, to cure. She was there. I prayed for her. She came back two and a half days later. She came back. There was just scar tissue. Nothing. Skin. Healed. Completely healed. How did it happen? I received the Spirit. What Spirit? The doctrine that you can be healed. I rece- how, how do we receive peace? By receiving the Spirit. That He will manifest peace in you. It's not you decide to have peace. No, my goodness. We receive the correct doctrine, which is the Spirit of God. And we find that Spirit animate our life. Or its life. You animate our dead life in that area. Hallelujah! That's how easy it is. So God 
who God is, who you see in Christ, who you see there, I want to tell you, that is the manifestation of what God believes. That's what He believes. We are belief beings. That's why I can never agree with universalism in the sense of you can have the life of God outside of faith. It doesn't fit God. It doesn't fit God. We are, you can't say everybody shall be saved outside of faith because you, you, you are completely contradicting every principle by which God functions. He is a faith being. He functions by faith. He believes in the Son. B- because of this, the, the, the Spirit wherein He is, the Spirit in which God is, is belief. The fruit of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace. Long-suffering, kindness, meekness, temperance, and faith. Faith is a fruit of being in the Spirit. Believing the right thing. Hallelujah. I know this can challenge your mind. Okay, because it's not the traditional way. Because here a man comes and he says, the Holy Spirit is a principle. It's the gospel principle. The Spirit of God. The core of God. I've got a spirit from where I function. And he says, I will put a new spirit inside you. I will take out the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I'll put a new spirit in you. What is that? The heart of stone. Heart, we believe with the heart unto righteousness. I'll take the heart of stone, the belief in the message that was written on stones. I'll take the heart of stone out of you. He says, I'll put a new spirit in you. How am I going to do it? I'll take the belief of stone out of you and I'll give you a belief of flesh. What flesh? God became flesh and dwelt among us. Amen. Amen. So now I start to believe in Christ. I've received a new spirit. Which spirit? The spirit of God, for God believes in Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for the gospel. So now it's so easy. That's why the Bible says, now that we live in the spirit. In other words, we believe in Christ, we find life. He says, now walk in the spirit. So make this principle not just applicable to going to heaven one day. God's plan is not to take everybody to heaven anyway. God's plan, I've said it many times, is to, even if you die and you go to heaven, He wants to bring everybody to earth. And He wants to recreate the planet, a new earth, that all of us can dwell here in the full glorious manifestation of the Holy Spirit in every fiber of our beings and every atom in this place glorified with the same glory that Jesus has. Amen. 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 That's His plan. So now we take this principle of Christ, the belief of the, in the flesh of Jesus, what, he, what His flesh stands for, then we are in the Spirit of God. Isn't that easy? <laughs> Makes me happy. Glory to God. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, I want to thank You that we can be spiritual. And Lord, I know I couldn't explain everything in this, on, in this session, but thank you, my God, that this, this concept of Jesus is so alive. It, it is, it is, we can ascribe a personality to it. It is a being that is alive. It is the core from where you live, Father, Holy Spirit. We want to thank you that we can know you. We want to thank you for, for this wonderful joy that we can have of being in the Spirit. Thank you that this Spirit of Christ, this Gospel, you, you will send us the Holy Spirit. You will send us the set-apart Gospel message in person to indwell every human being. And as we believe this, we find the person of God come alive in us, O Father. And from there we reason, understand Scripture and have all knowledge and know all things. Hallelujah. We know how to deal with our finances. We know how to deal with our children. We know how to deal with our friends. 
We know how to deal with the economy of this country, political parties, whatever. We know it all because we've got one principle from where we live. And from there, we've got answers to everything. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You are so awesome. And I thank you, Lord, that you that by the Spirit of God I can explain this better and better and we can see more people grabbing a real hold of the Spirit. Thank you Lord that this message as I hear it I feel that no believer is excluded from having your quality of life. Thank you Lord that as we lay hands upon people they can start a prophecy. They can say, well, I, believe, I, I didn't believe the correct thing, but now I believe in Jesus and what He's done for me. We pray for them, and what happens? They just see this life as you enter their belief. Enlighten their mind in every area. Seeing Jesus. Father, I want to thank you. I can still remember when I grabbed a hold of your love and grace. I could see it in most verses in the Bible all of a sudden. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We are new. We are united with God. Father, we have your Spirit. You've given us your very core from where you live. How can we now say we are not the God kind? It's impossible. I come in the name of Jesus Christ and I thank you Lord that you have given us the Holy Spirit and that we can do signs, wonders and miracles I thank you Lord that we can just lay our hands on people here right now and we can declare their needs are met by the Holy Spirit we can declare that the the right people they need to meet they will meet by the Holy Spirit Thank you, Lord, that you speak to us and you teach us in this way. Amen and amen. You know, let let me end off this way. You know, when I study the scripture and I need a revelation, a certain verse, you know, I can pray and I can wait for some inspiration or something, but most of the time, 95% 95% of the time, if I must put a percentage to it, when I really understand what goes on there is when I get in the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Is when I apply the finished work of Christ to that verse, I understand it. Mm-hmm. I understand it. You apply it to your relationships. You will find peace come to your life because that peace is not something you'll have to do. You'll find the Spirit, the principle that you believe will give birth to the peace Mm. hallelujah amen amen if anybody needs prayer I'll be here for you guys after the service yes ask a question yeah the law based church they they, they base their whole life on working works for God yes and getting a reward in heaven getting the five crowns that Paul speaks about yeah getting all rewards how do you see that are they wasting their time is that just uh, I believe most of us are a waste of time yeah, I just want to say this for people that, for the recording. Um, he asked a law-based church um, that that they, they preach law on on the you said the five five crowns the five crowns Paul talks about and trying to earn something one day. Yeah, um, are they wasting their time? That's what he asked. Uh, I believe most of it's a waste of time because what happens is a lot of these people they believe in Jesus, they receive the Holy Spirit. Okay, because they believe they, they, they believe that I can't be saved by my own works, I'm saved by Christ. Okay, so now they're alive in their lives, but now they don't walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit means I take this and I apply this principle to every area of my life. That's why Paul says in, in 2 Corinthians, he says there that um, basically that every teacher of the gospel must know this. He must watch out how he builds. He must build on the foundation. So is the teaching on uh, deliverance, for instance, is it Christ-based, finished work-based? Is uh, the teaching on finances finished work-based? Is your teaching on covering finished work-based? Does it find its origin in the Spirit or the principle that God believes about that person? If not, he says, then when the fire of God is revealed, all your work will be destroyed. 
will mean nothing. It would have been a lie you taught people all your life. And Gerald, that's why with me, you know, man, the moment you become public, you get persecution. And what people want me to do is they want to push me into compromise. I'm not going to do it. People say to me, listen man, you know you're going to lose so many invitations to the United States. This preacher doesn't think you're wrong. That preacher thinks you're wrong. You must, if, if they are so wonderful, you know, and you don't, um, don't you think there's something wrong with you? Because look at their big ministries. I don't care. If you've built a big house not on the foundation, the big house is going to be burnt. Nothing left. All is a lie. You've labored for nothing. That's what I believe. You know, so I, I, I rather make sure when you preach something, it is 100% on the finished work of Christ. Because we want, to have, want it to have eternal value. Amen. Okay. Any other questions? Oh, since you know everything, glory to God. Amen.